Donald Trump has been warning about voter fraud since he got elected back in 2016. Even though he won, he still said there was a lot of voter fraud. Well, throughout the years, journalists have said over and over again, there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. And you know what? Honestly, that's probably a fair assessment. No evidence of widespread voter fraud. And I wonder why that is. Well, as I've discovered, journalists have a very serious and terminal lack of curiosity when it comes to very important stories, notably the Biden laptop scandal. For some reason, they ain't talking about that one. Well, now we actually have some evidence, some very serious evidence from Project Veritas in what they say is their biggest story ever. In the first hour and a half or so of this video being published from Veritas, they got like 700,000 views. This is a video of a woman straight up admitting that she is breaking federal and state law, swinging votes, trying to shuffle them around different post offices, bringing 7,000 or more ballots for her paymasters, as Project Veritas says. In a video from Veritas, you see her change a senior citizen's vote from Republican to Democrat. Now, the story is very strange. I watched this. I was quite confused. I mean, the woman apparently works for a Republican and she's going around changing votes to Democrat, I believe, except for the guy she's working for, maybe to make it seem more realistic. She's getting people to vote for Democrats in one of the most critical elections. And while many people might say 7,000, that's a lot of ballots, but is it really that big a deal? Is this the evidence we need of voter fraud? Yes, 7,000 is a big deal. According to the Washington Post, Donald Trump won the Electoral College thanks to 80,000 swing votes in several key states. That's right. Trump won by very thin margins in many different states. So I wonder why it is that there is no widespread evidence of voter fraud like we see with Project Veritas. This woman, Raquel Rodriguez, is teaching a man how to break the law. That's apparently the premise of this investigation. Veritas says that they paid $500 to go on a ride along with her to see how she does these illegal things. It would seem in one instance where the man, the journalist for Veritas says, we want to replicate or copy this. My understanding is he is paying this woman to teach him how to break the law so that he can do it. In fact, this woman implicates another woman. Now, this other lady seems to be a bit smarter and is like, no, no, I didn't do anything illegal. But this lady, apparently 500 bucks was her number, and she's going to spill the beans on how to break the law and get away with it. Now you need to realize if one person committing voter fraud can swing 7,000 ballots, 7,000 votes, and Trump won by 80,000. Think about this for the Democrats that may be watching. Share this with Democrat friends. Think about how eight people. Okay, let's be fair. Let's say 7,000, right? Okay, 10 people. Just get 10 people around this country in swing states could have gotten Trump that election. And for the Republicans, 10 people could steal it from him. This is not about Republican, Democrat. This lady's working for a Republican. This is an indictment of this Republican. Veritas is exposing a Republican. Now, it's just dirty politics. This is about whether or not our elections are going to be safe and secure. And we have a pathetic journalism class in this country that won't actually look into this They have no curiosity, probably because, well, the story's bad for the political establishment for whom they serve. Hmm, is it? 
Well, let's read the story from Project Veritas. I'll show you. I'll break this down to the best of my ability about what's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. And I'll, and, and, and honestly, watch the Veritas video. I'm not going to get into every little nitty gritty detail that Veritas covers. I just want to break down the most important points and show you the greater context. People saying they want to change their votes. We got one story of a postal worker being charged for dumping ballots. We're going to talk about what's going on and why this is so serious. Our elections are not secure. Okay. Now I should, I should rephrase that. They're mostly secure, but we have to deal with this voter fraud because even if it is one, two, three, 10, 11, a hundred people across this country where we have hundreds of millions, they can swing elections and they're getting paid to do it. Share this video if you think that's important. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read from Project Veritas, which opens with a very powerful statement. Raquel Rodriguez, consultant for GOP House candidate Moro Garza. That's illegal. I could go to jail. I'm a little apprehensive to tell. Texas ballot chaser pressures voter to change vote from Cornyn to Hagar. That's my job. I can honestly say I'm bringing at least 7,000 votes to the polls, said Garza gave her $2,500 in gift budget. Giving people gifts to sway their vote is illegal. Why is a Republican giving thousands of dollars in a gift budget to a ballot chaser who is going to seniors and swinging their votes? Now, I got to admit, I don't I don't know why a Republican's hiring a woman to swing votes for Democrats. Don't ask me. But she does say in the video from Veritas that she tells them to vote Democrat except for Garza. Maybe because the idea is make it seem realistic, right? Maybe. I don't know for sure. But you may be wondering, Cornyn and Hagar, just assuming many of you don't know, John Cornyn is the current member. uh, He's senator from Texas. He assumed office December 2nd, 2002. His current term ends January 3rd, 2021. He is expected to win easily. They say he's, he's going to win, right? But he is running against MJ Hagar. She is uh, running for the election in U.S. Senate to represent Texas. She's on the ballot in the general election, November 3rd, 2020. She advanced from the primary on July 14th, 2020. Now, according to Ballotpedia, they don't expect her to win. But think about how, how, how few votes, okay? Donald Trump will be will be president thanks to 80,000 people in three states from the Washington Post, December 1st, 2016. And I'll go through this. I do want to show you the voter fraud stuff first. Just think about how serious this is, these 7,000 votes. I mean, she can swing an election. She could give the Senate to the Democrats. For what reason? Don't ask me. Establishment politics, perhaps. Cash money in the bank. Here's the story. Project Veritas undercover journalists infiltrated a ballot harvesting racket deep in the heart of Texas in a devastating report released today. Quote, we keep hearing voter fraud is a myth and anyone who challenges that notion is simply creating hysteria, said James O'Keefe, the founder and CEO of Project Veritas. I wanted Texas to be part of the Project Veritas investigation into election fraud and to be on the ground with our undercover journalists. Our journalists discovered a voter fraud system positioned to swing Texas in 2020. These so-called ballot chasers use a mix of gifts and coercion to work down their list of targeted voters and make sure they vote for their paymasters, he said. The actions violate both federal and state law and constitute a direct threat to the integrity of our election-based republic. 
One of the one of the capos in this ballot racketeering operation is Raquel Rodriguez, nominally a political consultant for GOP House candidate Moro E. Garza, the owner of the San Antonio's Pegasus nightclub, which is located on the main avenue strip. Raquel says, quote, I can honestly say I'm bringing at least 7,000 votes to the polls. The journalist asks 7,000. And that's for San Antonio for this area, too. It's a lot. Rodriguez says that's a lot. It's a lot, period. Just so you know, have an idea. This is what I do. Rodriguez pressures voter to change her vote from Cornyn to Hagar. Rodriguez said she develops personal relationships with senior citizens when she harvests their ballots and then uses different post offices so that the bundles do not draw suspicion. Quote, so if y'all are my seniors, I'm literally picking you up. I'm going to your house. You're doing your ballot, she said. I go throughout the entire city. I have a bunch of them. What I do if I have a bunch of them, I take 20 ballots here, 30 ballots here, 40 ballots here. At one point during the investigation, one Project Veritas journalist paid $500 to accompany Rodriguez on her rounds to collect ballots. In an exchange recorded with a hidden camera by Project Veritas journalist, Rodriguez literally examined a woman's ballot and convinced her to change her vote from Cornyn to Hagar. Quote, you can you can do you can vote for whoever you want. But our conversation that we had, you said you were voting for Hagar because you were going straight Democrat. You said you're voting straight Democrat per our conversation. So that's when you're voting for the straight Dem because that's what you want to do. Correct. In the video, Rodriguez shows the woman how to correct the ballot. So it looks like an accident by crossing out the line for Cornyn and putting her initials next to the line. You're going to you're going to dot that in. And the line goes like this. And then your initials are going to be right here. So that way they know it was done accidentally. Journalist says, so John Cornyn, she voted for John Cornyn and you made her. That's my job. After the voter, air quotes, corrected her ballot. Rodriguez presented her with a shawl as a gift. Rodriguez said Garza gave her a gift budget of $2,500 for his campaign. And in addition to the shawls, she gives voters rosaries, diabetic socks and wallets. Sometimes the ballot chaser said she hosts parties at a bar for her voters. Some of them former inmates recruited by her colleague, Tommy Acosta. Tommy does what's called like barbecues. So like an example, this coming Thursday at a bar, we're going to feed 45 ex-felons that we registered because they're going to all vote. The parties are thrown after everyone votes, she said, quote. So guess what we're going to do? We're taking them to a bar to go eat. Okay, I got some people to go to the bar and guess what? I had to effing take them beer. I was like, are y'all going to come and vote or not? And they were like, we're going to meet you right now. I said, come meet me, because when you get to the bar, I'm going to have a bucket of beer for y'all to drink. I just took care of it. Just said your bucket is there. Later, Rodriguez told Project Veritas journalists, uh, journalist, she was worried about what the other undercover journalists saw. Quote, what I do picking up those ballots when he was with me, that's illegal. I could go to jail. I'm a little apprehensive to tell anybody what I'm effing doing. You know what I'm saying? And again, once he once he works with me once, he's going to say the journalist then says, I guess Trump was right and laughs. She says about doing stuff illegal. He says, I'm sorry about doing stuff illegal. Yeah, they just said he was full of S. Oh, oh, hell no, he's not. It's true because you're not supposed to do that. This woman admit straight up what she's doing. It's on camera what she's doing. Let me break it down for you. When you go to an elderly person and you you talk to them, hey, here's what you, you, you got to vote. You got to vote, right? You're going to vote for this person. Don't you want to vote straight Democrat? Here's the ballot. They get to vote. 
And then she looks at it and says, no, no, you wanted to vote Democrat, right? Don't vote for him. And the lady says, okay, I guess now here's your present. You can't do this. This is illegal. They're manipulating the elderly to get those votes. Don't ask me why. I don't care what their motives are. This is a story about a Republican hiring a woman to swing votes to help himself. But it also has him swinging votes towards the Democrats. Again, motivations. I'm not here to 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 determine what that is. Just to tell you that we have hard evidence of voter fraud bought, brought forth by Project Veritas. Now, the incurious journalists will probably ignore it. They won't cover it. They won't talk about it. This, in my opinion, is what the establishment Democrats and Republicans have often been doing. I mean, look, that's just my opinion that, you know, Trump talks about voter fraud. They say, where's the evidence? Well, the journalists would do their jobs. Maybe we'd have evidence. But here you go. And it's more than one person. Veritas says, meet Joanne Ramon. Rodriguez had another ballot chaser working in Bexar County is Joanne Ramon. All the apparent lawbreaking is all part of the job. Along with her relationship with Ramon, she said, she calls me and I chase the ballot. Another Project Veritas journalist spoke to Ramon about her ballot chasing and how she understands it is illegal for someone working for a campaign, such as Rodriguez, who is paid by the Garza campaign to collect the ballots. Now, Joanne says, I'm, I'm not going to jail. She's like, you want to go to jail? Because I'm not. She's like, she can't. She can't chase ballots. She can't. She goes on to say, like, I stop where you can't do it. This lady knows straight up you do not admit to breaking the law in this way. There are laws for this. We've caught it. Now, think about it this way. These people who are breaking the law to manipulate the elderly to get votes, they're like roaches. You see one. How many more are lurking beneath the surface you don't see? That is what's truly freaky about this. And I tell you what, man, Project Veritas found a Snapchat video. They published this about a guy in Minnesota laughing while holding a bunch of ballots. Now they say, oh, it's fake news. Veritas is fake news. Oh, they try. What are you going to do here? The lady's saying she does it on camera. You watch her do it. These are trying times, man, uh, to Project Veritas. I know they're going to try and smear them. They already give them a negative marking on NewsGuard saying it's fake news. Well, actually, to be fair, they say Project Veritas does not repeatedly publish false content. They just think they're not responsible, but it's not false content. All right. You got a video from Veritas showing exactly what it is. Shouldn't this be enough? This is serious stuff. She goes on to mention other people. I mean, he's named several people already. Veritas goes on to name all of the laws that, that are being broken here. Now, will this swing Texas? I don't know. But I want to show you this story from the Washington Post. They say three weeks plus after Election Day, there are still more votes to count in California than were cast in each of the nine states and D.C. Most of the votes have been slowly counted in the state have been for Hillary Clinton, giving her a 4.1 million vote lead in that state that's powering her 2.5 million vote lead nationally. It takes Donald Trump's margins in the seven states where he saw the biggest vote advantages to make up Clinton's lead in California alone. But of course, none of this matters. All that matters is that Trump got more electoral college votes thanks to having won more states. In many cases, those wins were much more narrow than Clinton's, which also helps power the gap between the electoral vote and the popular vote. Trump won 18 states by fewer than 215,000 votes. Clinton, 13. The most important states were Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Trump won those states by 0.2, 0.7, and 0.8 percentage points, respectively. They're going to say that's 10,704, 46,765, and 22,177 votes. 
Those three wins gave him 46 electoral votes. If Clinton had done one point better in each state, she'd have won the electoral vote too. That's it. 10,000 votes, one Donald Trump. Michigan, 10,000. You take two Raquel Rodriguez's and drop them in any one of these cities, and they will flip that. Now, again, if you're a Democrat, if you want Biden to win, realize Donald Trump may have, could win based off two people pulling off what this lady is pulling off. Two people. And if you're voting for Trump, think about that. Trump could lose if two people do what she has done. Listen, I understand it's already illegal what she is doing. So what do we do about it? Investigate, seek these people out, ask seniors, investigate, treat it seriously, look for evidence. Do not let these people get away with that. Right now in Texas, we've got the, the early and absentee vote report. Republicans are, are crushing it in the Senate race. I don't think this lady is going to swing the race away from John Cornyn. But she's trying to get this guy, Moro Garza, a victory. And he is a Republican. This should be warning signs for you, liberals, Democrats. You see why I'm talking about these things? We need to maintain principles and integrity. And just because Trump says there's voter fraud doesn't mean there isn't. You don't have to like Trump to recognize this is a problem if a Republican is hiring someone to try and cheat the election. I don't know this guy is. I don't know what his relationship is. Maybe this lady's making it all. Maybe she's lying about this poor, innocent Republican. Isn't this enough to talk to, like to, to, to tell regular people? I don't care what your political party is. And they like to rag on, on Veritas. Oh, they only go after the left and the left. He just, he just caught a, a Republican who's hiring this lady to try and help him win. And yes, she's changing votes to Democrat. Don't, I, I'm not going to tell you what her motivation is. I don't know. But this is a Republican paying for it. Listen, I tell you, I warn you, Democrats, you will reap what you have sown. Check out, check out this tweet from Eric Holder. It says some or all of the content shared in this tweet is disputed and might be misleading. This tweet from Eric Holder is actually censored by Twitter. You have to bypass this censorship block to read it. Here's what he said. It's too late to use the mails. Given Supreme Court rulings, I urge everyone to now vote in person. Early vote or use drop boxes. Protect your health. But don't let the court and the deliberately crippled Postal Service deprive you of your most precious civil right. Plan your vote. He's right. Eric Holder is right. Vote in person. Drop your ballot off in person. Twitter censored him for it. Why? Shouldn't this be the biggest red flag to the left, to Democrats? Shouldn't this story be something Democrats want to share? I think tribalism is plaguing our nation. Eric Holder, Obama administration, is telling you right now, you, you, you need to go vote in person. And Twitter is censoring this. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You really can't make this stuff up. We got the story. The USPS is put to the test by Fox News ahead of the 2020 election. They found a 2.2% failure rate in their test. This is similar to what we saw, I think, from ABC. And it's similar to what was reported eight years ago by The New York Times. It is nearly double the failure rate of traditional in-person voting. 2%, not a whole lot, but that can swing an election. You know, the left, they say the Republicans are, are suppressing the vote. And the right says that the, the Democrats are cheating and getting dead people to vote. Whatever, fine, I don't care. Listen, we want to make sure everyone gets to vote, regardless of your political party. A 2.2% failure rate is unacceptable, in my opinion. 
but there's going to be one. I don't know what we do, how we solve this problem. Sometimes mail just doesn't get delivered. And in this case, it may be a ballot. So Eric Holder is correct. Drop off your ballots in person. Everyone, I don't care if you're voting for Biden, Jill Stein, or, or whoever is running, Donald Trump, drop your ballots off in person or vote in person. Take your vote seriously. We do not want people to be disenfranchised. We want your vote to count. But these people who are cheating, we got to watch out for them. We got to call it out when we see it. And Veritas has done just that. And now we got somebody else. Postal worker charged after dumping over 100 absentee ballots in Louisville construction site dumpster. Many people wanted to know, why did this guy do this? Why? Turns out it's just laziness. That seems to be the explanation. The guy just didn't want to deliver the mail. He was lazy, so he just chucked the big old bag of mail in the trash. Just chuck it into a dumpster. Well, now he's tampering with an election. What you need to understand about this story and why it's so important is that your ballot may get lost in the mail, not because some evil nefarious fraudster, but because of general impropriety. I think it's important that we catch this voter fraud and what may be one of the biggest Project Veritas stories ever. I mean, that's what they're saying, too. But I, I don't understand why the media, why social media and why so many Democrats for so long kept pushing this insecure method. And now it's likely going to hurt people. First time voters and minority voters are, the, are likely to be the most impacted by this. These are the, the people who don't know how to fill this out properly, what to sign. I'll tell you this. I, I kid you not. It's not straightforward. I recently voted by mail because I live in New Jersey and they give you this ballot as two envelopes. They t- I'm reading the instructions. I want to make sure I do it very, very carefully. You got to sign the thing. Then you got to then you, you got to sign the envelope. Then you got to uh, potentially sign the bag. I don't know. I'm not going to I don't, I don't want to get into too much into that because I don't want to give any advice. I'm just saying it's not particularly easy. It's actually it's not super complicated. I'm just saying people who have not voted before might not realize what you actually have to do to vote properly, in which case some people's votes are not going to be counted. Or you might have fraudsters changing people's votes to try and cheat, or you might have people throwing votes in the trash. But there is something you can do. All right. I want to give you I want to give you the best information I can to help you fix your vote. Fox News said, can I change my vote trends on Google? What you need to know. They say more than 59 million Americans have already cast their ballot and Google searches for the phrase. Can I change my vote peaked Tuesday morning? Now, they do peak every election. One of the subregions where the phrase began trending was in Delaware. The state Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden represented the Senate uh, in, in the Senate for 36 years. Other subregions include battleground states. States, Maine, Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio, etc. While most states do not allow voters to change their early votes, there are some that do with restrictions. For example, in New York, if you have submitted an absentee ballot but change your mind, you can show up to your polling place during early voting or on election day and cast a vote, in which case the absentee ballot is set aside and not counted according to the state board of elections. Now, I want to point this out because they claimed Trump was encouraging people to vote twice, which was illegal. Trump said basically this. Well, Fox News says you can do it. It's state by state, though. In Michigan, voters who have sent in a ballot can submit a written and signed request to their voting clerk by 5 p.m. October 30th, requesting to have the ballot nullified, according to to the Detroit Free Press. Minnesotans who mailed an absentee ballot had until October 20th to request a new ballot from their county or city election office. In New Hampshire, voters who submitted an absentee ballot can go to the polls on Election Day during the first hour they're open and vote in person or before their absentee ballot is processed. In Wisconsin, if time allows, 
A voter can cancel their original absentee ballot and request a new one, but they have until October 29th, the legal deadline. As of Sunday, the nearly 60 million Americans who have voted in the 2020 election suggest a record turnout this year. In 2016, 47.2 million early votes were cast in the presidential election, according to data from the U.S. Elections Project. Trump tweeted about the Google trend Tuesday morning and encouraged voters to go do it, claiming without evidence that the trend refers to changing it to me. Now, that's fair to say. I don't know if they're changing it to Trump, but I think they are. Pennsylvania was one of the biggest, and it was just after Joe Biden said he wanted to end the oil industry. So perhaps that is going to have a significant impact. We want everyone's votes to count. We don't want censorship. So make sure you look up what the what, what the rules are in your state for your how your state is handling the votes. Make sure you're voting properly. And I'll end by saying, man, we've got multiple instances of voter fraud now captured by Project Veritas. You'd think that would be enough to generate some curiosity, no? Apparently not. Apparently not. You can say the Project Veritas videos are not conclusive. It's just people saying things fine. But shouldn't that be enough to actually investigate and watch and track this stuff? The most important takeaway from this, and I want you to, t- I want you to remember this one. They say there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. That's the word, widespread. You know why? Because there's ample evidence of voter fraud. And if one person can swing 7,000 votes, imagine what 100 people can do. Is 100 people across this country widespread? No, they'll tell you it's not. Because we have over 1,000 instances, according to the Heritage Foundation, of voter fraud. It's just that not that significant. But what if you have 50 people like this woman bringing in 7,000 votes? That's going to change everything. And they know it. They know you can swing votes with a with a minority percentage and they'll get away with it because we don't have journalists doing their jobs anymore. Save Project Veritas. They seem to be out there doing the work that needs to be done. Is it perfect? No, I will point out one quick thing that I noticed in the video that struck me as odd, but it could be just be from I'm not from Texas. In the video from Veritas, the woman, as she's changing this other woman's vote, calls her mom. I spoke to some people from Texas who said doesn't see it. Yeah, it's a it, you know, they, they just might call an older lady mom, you know, as a term of endearment. I did find that strange, but it doesn't negate the rest of the video. Just something I thought I'd point out because maybe people from Texas are going to be like, that's totally normal, a normal thing. I'm from Chicago, so it wasn't normal to me. I thought it was worth mentioning, not that it changes the bulk of the story. The lady straight up says she's doing illegal things and she's shuffling ballots around different post offices to get away with it. Now, here's the problem. We don't we don't know who's going to win. There's reports now that I think the Colorado deadline is like November 12th for for amended ballots. Yup, 12th. We're not going to have the results in. Now, I mean, look, maybe Trump wins by a landslide. Maybe Biden wins by a landslide. But I think it's going to be close. Even Joe Biden right now is saying in his ads, Trump is up in key states. It's a close race. And he's begging for cash because the Biden campaign is saying the polls are wrong. The pundits are wrong. Both Joe Biden and Trump's bases. Well, I don't know if Joe Biden has a base, but both Joe Biden's campaign and Trump's campaign are saying the polls are wrong. Then the polls are probably wrong, because if Joe Biden was really con- like convinced he was going to sail through this and the polls were right, he would not be desperately raising money. But I'll warn you now, man, voter fraud. If we don't know who wins and this goes to the courts, you are going to see accusations of fraud from both sides flying like crazy. And is it wrong? This guy caught by Veritas was a Republican. Think about that. 
Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you there. Last night in Philadelphia, Black Lives Matter riots erupted and mass looting erupted after police shot and killed a man who was brandishing a knife and running at them. There is clear video of this, but it doesn't matter. Black Lives Matter went out, began looting and rioting, and we are seeing some of the most troubling scenes we've seen yet throughout the riots this year. There is a video going around showing a pickup truck at a high rate of speed plowing through a row of police officers and striking one, running them over. Literally, this is not one of those, oh, no, the cars are plowing through the protesters thing where, where NPR shows someone inching at a mile an hour through a crowd while they yell and bang on the car. This was a pickup truck going at a high rate of speed. I, I, I don't it's not I, maybe 30 miles an hour. I don't know. They weren't flying full speed on the street, but they were going fast. They hit the turn and they just slam right into these cops. There's no way it was an accident. It was intentional. They ran these cops over. I think one cop just got run over. The other, uh, some may have gotten hit. I'm not entirely sure, but it's bad stuff. And I got to say, it's, it's, it's the most insane and absurd thing I, I have, I have, I have ever seen. We are a week away from an election. Donald Trump is desperately campaigning in Pennsylvania. I know people say he's not desperate. What I mean is Trump is pushing very, very hard. He is fighting tooth and nail to win Pennsylvania campaigning over and over and over. And I tell you this, you want to turn an urban center red. This is how you do it right before an election. I remember when they took down the statue of Christopher Columbus and these these Philly boys came out, just regular guys saying, you know, like, get away from our statue. You're not you're not coming for it. Getting into fights with Antifa and the city took that statue away anyway. These guys are, are Union Democrat guys. Philadelphia is 80% Democrat. You think people now seeing through this are going to be like, that's what I want. That's the leadership I want one week before an election. This is crazy stuff. Um, we're now hearing Texas is preparing to send 1,000 troops to five major cities. D.C. boards up its stores and Washington state puts National Guard on alert amid fears of post-election violence. Listen. As most of you know, uh, I, I still live in the Philadelphia area. We've been, we've been setting up the studio, so I've been a bit back and forth. But for the most part, uh, uh, I still do live there, and I'm going to be officially relocating uh, uh, soon. But I'm not there right now. We've been setting up this new studio. We've been using the new studio space. And the, the point is, I don't want to be anywhere near these major cities on election night. And I'm sorry to say I was right. I mean, you call me wrong. You, you, you laugh at me for talking about the unrest and the violence that's coming. Just the other day in Philadelphia, they ran over a cop. I don't want to be anywhere near it. I remember when the riots got bad in June. And like I said, I heard the helicopters near my house and I was in the suburbs. That, that was that was surprising. And so the way I see it is it's always better to be a couple steps ahead. You always want to plan a couple steps ahead. I'm not going to wait until the rioters are, are outside in my town to leave. I'm going to leave before that happens. Well, now they're in Philadelphia. Now they're in Philly. I just, I'm glad I'm gone. I'm glad I'm gone. And, uh, uh, and with the National Guard preparations that are coming, I hope you guys are going to be safe and, and prepared for what's to come, not just after election night. We don't know. There's, there is serious uncertainty about what's coming November 3rd, November 4th. 
No idea. No one knows who's going to win. The polls say Joe Biden, but even they're not entirely confident. Here's the story from NBC News. Violence tears through West Philly after deadly police shooting 30 officers hurt. The violence happened after police shot and killed Walter Wallace, who was seen on video armed with a knife as his mother tried to restrain him. I'm sorry, man. If you've got clear video of a dude with a knife coming at police within a few feet and still, still people are going to riot. There's no solution in negotiating with the extremists. Black Lives Matter, these riots, they don't want anything other than destruction. Now I know there are a lot of high profile Black Lives Matter activists who have done good things. There was one uh, who came out with the Proud Boys to denounce white supremacy. But what we're seeing here, opportunism. They don't care about actual police reform. They just want an opportunity to destroy, to loot and to steal. And they're doing it. And of course, what do we hear from the left? Quote, in defense of looting. If they came out and said the looters are bad and are causing problems, I would be right there with them denouncing and say, thank you, guys. Thank you for protesting for, you know, against these things. They don't. They like it. They use it. They defend it. Here's the story. Angry crowds took to the streets in West Philadelphia after police shot and killed a man armed with a knife Monday, with some in the crowds throwing rocks and bricks at police and some looting and or vandalizing businesses. At least 30 off police officers were hurt. Police said one was hospitalized. A 56 year old sergeant who was struck by a pickup truck at 52nd and Walnut Streets early Tuesday. Her leg was broken. Jeez. Among other injuries, the truck ran her over. All the other officers, except for the one struck by the truck, had been treated and released as of early Tuesday. The violence followed protests in response to the death of Walter Wallace, a black man who police shot and killed Monday in the city's Cobbs Creek neighborhood. Police said several stores were looted, including several Rite Aid stores in West Philadelphia, clothing and shoe stores, and at least one restaurant. They could also be seen trying to break into a check cashing store and going in and out of beauty supply store. And it, and, it, and it does appear as though some were trying to like break into ATM machines. I mean, this is just bedlam. This is it's just getting crazy, man. Clothes and merchandise were strewn across the sidewalk and street at 57th and Vine Streets, where the glass screens of two ATMs had been bashed in. Police cars and dumpsters were set on fire as police struggled to contain the crowds. More than a dozen officers, many with batons in hand, formed a line as they ran down 52nd Street chasing protesters. Protesters? A police officer broke her leg after being run over, and you say protesters. Wow. Amazing. Police said five police vehicles and one fire department vehicle were vandalized. More than 30 people were arrested for throwing rocks and bricks at police or looting. There was a police vehicle that was set on fire. And I believe uh, did they, they have stolen something or broken. They broke into a police vehicle. Looting, vandalism and violence were initially concentrated in West Philadelphia's commercial corridors. But unrest and looting was also reported in other parts of the city, including Center City and North Philly. The looting picked up again before daybreak as people could be seen going in and out of stores. Drivers are being urged to avoid right now. As of right now, drivers are being urged to avoid the area of 52nd and Chestnut Streets. SEPTA also suspended the Route 52 line due to civil unrest and detoured the Route 21 and 31 lines. Earlier in the night, protesters gathered outside the 18th District Police Headquarters on 55th and Pine Street 
as well as the University of Penn Police Headquarters on 40th and Chestnut Streets. The protests, violence and looting occurred hours after the 27-year-old Walter Wallace was shot and killed by two police officers in Cobbs Creek. Investigators said Wallace was armed with a knife when he approached the officers and ignored them when they told him to drop the weapon. Video from a witness showed Wallace walking toward the officers as his mother tried to restrain him. It's unclear in the video, however, whether or not Wallace is holding a weapon. Let me tell you, when you have a knife, okay, and you are within a few feet of a cop, you are the more serious threat. People don't get it. They think because guns are powerful or or ranged, that makes them effective at short range relative to a knife. That's just not true. It's not true. And anybody who, who does any any kind of like serious combat training, even the Mythbusters can explain this. The Mythbusters did this. And I think they said like on average, a person can close 21 feet with a knife and deliver a lethal strike before a cop can get out his weapon and deter and stop this person. Not only that, even if the cop pulls the gun and shoots the person with the knife, they might not go down and they could deliver a series of fatal strikes very, very rapidly. In a matter of seconds, a person can jab a knife several times. People don't get it, man. They don't get how seriously dangerous knives are. Truck driver runs over cop and protesters pelt police with bricks as BLM demonstrators and looters swarm Philadelphia. Come on, Daily Mail. Demonstrators? Truck runs over cop. This is crazy stuff. I had to take down some of these photos. I couldn't show them to you. YouTube would censor this video if I showed you some of these photos, how brutal they are. At least four officers have been hospitalized. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's a dozen, including one female cop who was struck by a speeding pickup truck that was videoed driving toward a line of officers in the city center. Multiple cars have been set ablaze, at least one cop car. Late in the night, growing anger turned to violent standoff outside the Philadelphia police headquarters on uh, uh, the 18th district headquarters in the western part of the city as several officers were injured by bricks and other projectiles thrown at them by a crowd of demonstrators, 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 over and over again, demonstrators, violent rioters plowing into a line of police officers. Sorry, not a protest, not a demonstration. you, You could even call that urban conflict. They took a pickup truck and they plowed into a row of police officers running over one breaking her leg, among other injuries. Damn, it's getting it's getting nuts out there, man. Well, you really had to give him that many effing shots. The man recording the footage has heard shouting. These people don't get it. They don't care. They don't care. They don't like the cops. So they don't want the cops to defend themselves. They don't want the cops to protect themselves. Give them an excuse. What should have happened? Should those cops get stabbed? I'll tell you what, man. If you are, these cops probably going to go to prison. No joke. They're, they're probably going to go to early lockup, right? So uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me rephrase this to get more specific. The cops will be arrested and sent to jail awaiting charges. There will be a, a press hubbub. These cops are going to go, are, they're going to get arrested. Hands down. Hands down. They're going to get arrested. You know why? Morality policing is taking hold. It is easier to deal with the, uh, with, a, with arresting two cops who will obey the law than it is to deal with violent mobs that are running cops over. So the police, the DA, the mayor, they're probably going to be like, arrest the cops. It's easier. Don't be surprised. I said this back in June. What cop in their right mind would go, would answer these calls? I'm sorry, man. I know people have said, Tim, you got to understand some of these cops, you know, it's a calling. They want to help people. 
So when they get this was a domestic disturbance call and the cops are like, it's more important that I help these people. I'm not going to worry about myself. Noble, honorable. But you got to secure your own oxygen mask before securing the mask of those sitting next to you. And if you know what happens, if you go there and someone threatens your life, you cannot defend yourself. So why do it? Well, I guess many of these cops are willing to uh, risk their lives, but then willing to take the lives of those who are putting their lives at risk. You see the inherent conundrum here. If you know you are going in a situation where you could lose your life, someone may take your life. Well, you're going to lose your life no matter what in, 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 in one of uh, one or more, in, in potentially different ways. What I mean is I wouldn't be surprised if these cops get doxxed, if they're forced to flee their homes and if they get immediately arrested. We saw what happened in, in Minneapolis. We saw what happened in Georgia. Take a take a look at what happened in Atlanta, where that guy is running and he turns and he points a taser at the cops. So the cop fires and they charge him with murder. Yup. And then they claimed the cop kicked the guy when he was down. Think about how psychotic that is. Imagine being that officer. The cop didn't kick anybody. The guy pointed a taser at him. And now that cop, lock up. These two cops, they're going to get locked up. It's going to get bad for the election, man. I'm telling you. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, if, if you think that these people, look at what happened in, in, in New York just two days ago. A bunch of Trump supporters were waving their little flags, driving around, honking their horns. People started throwing rocks and eggs. And apparently some person walked up to a vehicle and pepper sprayed children. This was not Antifa. These were New York leftists. I, you know, people don't like it when I say it. They don't like, uh, obviously, I think most people watching are, you know, they want to hear what's going on. But there are a lot of people who get mad. And I assume they're getting mad because they're leftists. They don't like, they don't like the fact that they look like lunatics. I tell you, man, if Trump loses... I'm going to laugh harder than I've ever laughed. I laughed really, really hard when Trump won in 2016. I will laugh 10 times harder. If you have mass unrest, looting and fires, and you have Democrats constantly defending these people and protecting them, and Trump still loses, wow, wow. You know, it's really funny. I've heard from a lot of people that every election is the most important election. Every election is the, the fate of the country is, in, you know, is it, is it, is it? It didn't feel like the 2000 election was the fate of our country. It didn't feel like 2004, 2008, 2012. It felt like elections. 2016 didn't feel like the fate of a nation. 2020 does. 2020 feels like if they win, they're going to appease all of these people. You've got Joe Biden, who's already trying to negotiate. I know the far left is unhappy with Biden because he's not far left enough, but he's far left. He's more he's further left than any of the moderates or traditional liberals or liberals would probably want. The left will say, this is a progressive nation and stuff like that. Sure, the progressives want stuff, man. Regular liberals probably don't agree with half the stuff that Joe Biden's been saying. But he's not far enough left, but he's going to negotiate. We're going to see these people who are violent. The Democrats are already trying to placate them and give them what they want. You see what's going on in Seattle when they march to the mayor's house. She shuts down the Chaz. Well, in Portland, Antifa mayor is, is, is beating Ted Wheeler. I tell you, man, they want to abolish the Constitution. That was an article from the New Republic. It's not some fringe site. It's a very prominent leftist site. They want to abolish the Constitution. They don't like free speech. Fortunately, I guess for a lot of people, they do like guns, the far left. They want to pack the courts. Amy Coney Barrett just got confirmed the other day. And now all of these people are saying, stuff them up, pack the courts, win the Senate, win the presidency. That is the fate of a nation. 
and uh, the Republicans might lose and Trump might lose. So uh, this is a very serious time in our nation. And I've seen historians say there's never been anything like it. Maybe there has been one other period like it. 1850s, for real, that's that's what a lot of people have been saying. And it's so crazy to me. We, we had this tech CEO, this this f- f- financial technology, uh, Expensify, maybe so not, not financial tech, but business accounting stuff, sent out a letter to, I guess, millions of customers saying that if Trump is elected, there will be a civil war or something to that effect. They're like, why Why should he sent out this mass letter to all of his customers saying vote for Biden? And, and one of the things like, why should I vote for Biden? And he said, or like, why, why, why do you care about Biden? He says, we can't do expense reports during a civil war. I, I, these people are talking about it. Texas Guard said troops would be sent to Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, and San Antonio. Major General James K. Brown of the Guard said the move would offer support to local law enforcement, as we did previously, to deter any civil disturbances at sites in various cities within Texas. In the nation's capital, businesses close to the White House began to board up their windows Monday. Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills will also board up ahead of November 3rd in anticipation of violence. In Washington state, up to 300 National Guard soldiers are undergoing training to handle civil unrest. NYC has similar plans in place as the NYPD is training every day and deploying hundreds of extra cops. FBI and local officials in several states have also been conducting drills and running through worst case scenarios to improve coordination and reports of violence and voter intimidation ahead of the election. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. I think there's going to be mass violence. I don't know who's, know who's going to win because both sides refute. Well, there, there is no compromise. I had a friend say to me recently, Tim, we can we can fix all of this. We just need to get people to listen and to understand. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's very naive. I don't believe that there's going to be a compromise. You know, Antifa, they're they're uh, they're neo segregationist. When we see in Seattle, the library segregated. They're doing the segregated workforce trainings. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to compromise with that. There is no circumstance where I'm like uh, willing to accept any amount of neo-segregation. I'm not. Uh, it's not going to happen. So what do we do? How many of you, liberal, conservative, moderate, other, otherwise, refuse to allow these people to instill their, their racist policies, their segregation policies? Probably very few. I don't think that there can be a compromise in, in, in certain capacities. There's not going to be a, a play, a, a time where we are happy allowing them to segregate based on race. And they're doing it in California. The Democrats voted to repeal their civil rights legislation to allow them to discriminate based on race. I don't see a compromise in that. And so I'll tell you what, it seems like if Joe Biden wins, we have right now the World Economic Forum proposing something called the Great Reset, where they want to use the COVID crisis for some kind of intersectional economic overhaul, whatever that means. Joe Biden wanted the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Joe Biden would sell out our manufacturing base. It really does feel like there is international interest versus national interest. For me, I think we are a, a country. And if you want to enact these policies, you don't do it by having people riot in the streets. You don't do it by shutting down everyone's economies or, or, or whatever. Now, the World Economic Forum is saying because of COVID causing this collapse of, economic, of our economies, it's an opportunity to like realign things. Well, the Democrats are the ones who shut them down, their public, shut down their economies. Republicans didn't do it so much. I'm not saying there's a grand conspiracy at all. I'm saying I think that the, the, the pieces are being aligned to where the Democrats will likely embrace a, a, a World Economic Forum Great Reset ideal. 
And Donald Trump will not. Donald Trump will say American borders, the American people, the American economy. And the Democrats will say international co- coordination, great reset, world economic forum, etc. Some people like that. Some people don't. The point is, you've got two very, very different worldviews right now. And the bigger issue for me is not some great reset, whatever they're trying to propose. It's just the World Economic Forum doesn't necessarily have the power to change anything in the United States. The, the problem I see is leftist identitarianism, intersectionality, neo-segregation, etc. They're trying to create a world in which people are being segregated based on race. Some groups are demonized over others. Some are told that they have inherent privileges. And it is extremely racist. And it's not what we had fought so hard for civil rights movement, the, the protests from decades ago. It's, it's remarkable to me that people don't realize this. My family, my, my parents were born before civil rights and before loving V Virginia. Do, do, people don't understand that, that we are one, like this is not some, uh, we've not had this victory for a very long time. Our parents, all of our parents, many of them were born before civil rights. Well, for millennials, if you're Gen Z, then, then you know, probably maybe not, depending on how old your parents were. Before the civil rights were signed, uh, the Civil, civil Rights Act, before Loving v. Virginia made it legal to cohabitate with people who weren't the same race as you, it's not even been a generation. And they're already trying to remove this stuff in California when they repealed these laws. I'm sorry, man. I will not negotiate with that. I will not allow them or give them any excuse, but it's for affirmative action. I don't care. I don't care what your plan is. You are not repealing civil rights law that was we fought so hard for. Because I know what that means to my family. And that means there's not going to be a compromise with, with, with whatever this is. I don't know what that ultimately leads to, but I think it's going to lead to violence. And I'm worried about it. Anybody who wants this is stupid. Anybody who wants violence is stupid. They've never experienced it. People don't get it. I, I remember growing up, people used to joke about zo- a zombie apocalypse and how fun and funny it would be. And I, I remember a friend of mine had a joke where he said, I want and encourage a zombie apocalypse. It's, it's hilarious because we watch these movies and it's fun and exciting. It's like, oh, zombies. And you get to loot the, the store and eat whatever you want and then, like fight zombies. I tell you, man, people who have never truly experienced conflict don't get it. I'm sure many of you have served and served in combat, combat get it. And maybe you're hardened by it for sure. But people don't understand that feeling. It's like being a rabbit, being a rabbit in a field where you're constantly standing there wide eyed, looking around, shaking your head. You know, where's it coming from? What's going to be adrenaline pumping stress, maximum stress, elevated heart rate? You don't know where that predator's coming from. I've been in these conflicts and you're alert the whole time. You don't want that coming to your neighborhood where you can sit back, lean back, put on the game, enjoy yourself. You don't want this. I don't know. What, I don't know what to expect. I just think that uh, uh, there's going to be mass unrest, and hopefully, it's just it, that's the extent of it. But I guess there are people who want it. I guess there are people who are hungry for it, and this is their opportunity, and that's terrifying. And it's not just Black Lives Matter. It's not just Antifa. It's just crazy people. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. In their quest to be anti-Trump because they have Trump derangement syndrome. They have put the United States through a grinder and destroyed our economy. And even now you have scientists, the World Health Organization and the UN saying we must avoid lockdowns at all costs. Yet still, what do we see in Europe? Lockdowns in the US calls for more lockdowns and new restrictions emerging. And from this, 
Riots are erupting across Europe. Now, I want to start with the media. Tim Murtaugh, communications director for the Trump campaign, said things that many of us wish we could say to CNN and people like Chris Cuomo. Notably, Trump campaign manager called out, I'm sorry, a, a, a communications director called out Chris Cuomo for breaking quarantine and going off to the Hamptons. And all Chris Cuomo could do is say, oh, but Trump is bad. And he's got no plan. And all these other talking points. It's funny to me that you can see quite literally wave of anti-lockdown protests sweep across Europe. Thousands of furious demonstrators clash with police in cities like Italy uh, cities in Italy and Spain as they urge their governments to abandon new restrictions on their freedom. And it's not just happening here. I mean, you also have Prague. You have protests in London. People are fed up with this. They have been pinned down for too long. And I understand that there are very serious health risks right now. But the people are rejecting this. CNN, they hate Trump. And the media is doing something very, very dangerous. You see, the media is obsessed with whatever Trump does. We must say the opposite. It is a very dangerous thing to do, and it breeds hyperpolarization. Well, Tim Murtaugh called him out. Perhaps Chris Cuomo could be honest, admit he broke quarantine, but apparently he'll, he'll never do it. But I will mention one funny moment when Tim Murtaugh held up a photo of Chris Cuomo with a giant oversized novelty Q-tip. This is the point I'm getting at. As you know, I often complain about the media. Yeah, I know. I complain about the media. You've got people rioting in Europe over what's going on. And Chris Cuomo does not care, or he's just not smart enough to realize there is a limit to what you can do. And Trump is right. The cure cannot be worse than the disease itself. The World Health Organization and the UN have said lockdowns are bad. Last resorts, we must avoid them at all costs. Yet here we are. CNN anchor from the, from the Daily Mail, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo and communications director Tim, uh, uh, Tim Murtaugh ended up having an on-air spat on Monday as the pair discussed the administration's response to the coronavirus pandemic. The 12-minute interview quickly descended into an argument as Cuomo began discussing the recent increase in COVID cases across the U.S. Murtaugh defended Trump, uh, saying that he had been tackling the coronavirus head on and mentioned the travel ban, among other things. Cuomo said, I gave you a chance to put your argument out there. We'll let the people do the fact check for themselves, Cuomo says to Trump 2020 campaign comms director Tim Murtaugh. In seven days, we'll see whether people think Trump did the right job on this pandemic. I mean, I'll tell you what really bothers me, what's making me angrier and angrier. And I wonder how many how many of you feel the same. I saw a post on Facebook where someone was like, Trump is the worst president ever. Jobs are down like millions and showing all these other presidents. And it makes the Republicans look bad. And the Democrats look good. And I'm like, do you think we're really, really dumb? Is that it? Am I supposed to be this moron that CNN gets to lie to all day that sees these dumb memes and just goes, Trump is bad. Or am I the kind of person that says, whoa, are we really down that many jobs? Oh, it's COVID. These people are manipulators who insult your intelligence, my intelligence, and the regular people of this country. Now, I understand there's a lot of dumb people in this country, for sure. But I think a person is smart and people are dumb, panicky animals. I think that's the quote from Men in Black. The idea being, any person you meet, no matter how dumb they are, can teach you something you did not know. And imagine this. There might be a guy who's uh, uh, an electrician who doesn't know a whole lot about COVID. And so they might say, what a moron, and try and manipulate him. 
But you go and ask them about wiring, and I don't even know. I don't even the first thing. I can't tell you the difference between, I think I have like a very rudimentary kindergarten understanding of like amps, watts, and volts. I don't think I could define them for you. I don't know. Not an electrician. Probably something I should know considering I've built weird robots before. No. So I could go to somebody and, be, and, and you have these journalists, people like CNN, that think they're so smart and they couldn't fix a toilet to save their lives, let alone put a doorknob on a door. How much want to bet they couldn't fix their own lock on their house? They have to call somebody. These are people who have a specific skill. Journalists, they collect and disseminate information. Unfortunately, now they've become snooty elitist activists who think they're better than you. And that's what we get from the likes of CNN. So I tell you this, maybe it's just an emotional release to see the likes of Tim Murtaugh roasting Chris Cuomo to his face. Not like it's going to change anyone's minds, but it is cathartic, I guess. Look at this. He's holding up that photo of Chris Cuomo with a giant oversized novelty cotton swab. <laughs> Lock everything down. I'm rich. What do I care? Says Chris Cuomo. That's right. Make a joke with your brother, the governor who put sick people in nursing homes and killed them. I am sick of the media's assumptions that they're the smart people. They're the arbiters of truth and justice. And if you want to live well, you must do what they say. These people won't even don't even know how to fix a common appliance. I bet their power goes out and they call the electrician. It turns out it was a broken breaker or something, a flipped breaker. They have no idea what's going on. These people think they're the ones who should decide for us how we should live. They couldn't grow a piece of food if their life depended on it. And you know what? That's the point. I, I, look, I can garden a, a little bit. I've grown food in my life and I've done research and hostile environment trainings. And I'll tell you this. I would never be the kind of person who thinks I know how to do everything that I'm always right. No, I'm wrong all the time. And people are like, oh, haha, Tim was wrong about this. You betcha. I'm wrong a lot. I just read the news and I give you my thoughts on things and I do my best. But I, I'm, I'm, look. I see these videos. I follow some of these guys on Instagram. There's one dude like Joe Rogan is promoting and he's always shooting guns and like doing, uh, you know, just, just shooting guns really well. I can't do that. I, that's not me. I couldn't tell you the first thing. Well, I could tell you like the first thing about guns, like don't point it at people and assume it's always loaded, but I couldn't tell you, you know, I'm no expert on these things. Now think about people like Chris Cuomo, people at CNN who want to tell us that we need these lockdowns, that we have to do these things and they're all wrong. Look at that. I mean, this Q-tip thing. Is that what CNN is? It's, it's late night entertainment. And they're laughing. Look at, look at Andrew Cohen's having a good old time. Thousands of people are dead. I'm sick of it. And people are sick of it. They use this to try and claim the economy wasn't good. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, I, I do worry. Maybe the American people have amnesia. Maybe they have amnesia and they forgot that in 2019, they made more money than they ever made in any single year of their lives. Maybe they forgot that. Maybe 2020 happened and it was really bad. And they say Trump didn't do a good job. Maybe they think the only way out of this is Joe Biden. Perhaps. I'm not convinced personally. I think they're just liars. I think the Democrats shut down the economy. The Democrats locked everything down, destroyed jobs and businesses, propped up massive multinational corporations, passed bills. This was Democrats and Republicans that transferred massive wealth to major corporations through the uh, PPP. I'm not happy about any of it. I'm not going to blame Trump for COVID. I will blame the Democrats for shutting everything down. But maybe it was the right thing. So I'll tell you this. I'm not even going to blame them for that. At this point, however, you need to realize riots are sweeping across Europe for a reason. And I tell you this, man, Europe locked down what is like a month or two before us in the US. How much longer do you think the American people can bear? 
Now, I will say what's interesting is that they've directed a lot of that anger from from the lockdowns to Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people were going out in these big cities and rioting, but they were rioting in a redirected manner. Many people said that the riots were fueled. This anger was fueled by the lockdowns, the loss of people's jobs, and they were angry. And so they directed it at something that had nothing to do with the lockdowns. And thus the lockdowns get to continue. Here's what's happening in Europe. They say protests erupted across Europe last night as thousands of angry demonstrators called on their governments to reconsider a second round of lockdown restrictions in Italy. Violence was reported in at least two major northern cities, Milan and Turin, as vast crowds protested freedom limiting restrictions and forced to tackle a second surge in coronavirus cases. Witnesses said a number of luxury stores, including a Gucci shop, were ransacked in central Turin as crowds of youths took to the streets after nightfall, lighting off huge firecrackers and lighting colored flares. I'm no fan of rioting for any reason. I'm not. I think there's one way. If, if look, if the people don't want something, it's simple. The people just don't do it. I don't think you need to riot. I guess the problem is most people are just scared and won't get involved. And then you end up with people who are rioting. The bigger issue for me, though, is there, there, there is there is an inherent challenge on uh, who is morally justified. I don't like riots. I don't like violence, no matter what. However, that being said, the left says, look, they're rioting because of police brutality. But this is a gross exaggeration of what's really going on. The other day in Philadelphia, there was mass looting, rioting, and a truck rammed, th- drove through a, a, a row of cops running one of them over. Why? Because a man with a knife was charging at a cop. I'm sorry, man. That's irrational. Okay, what is a cop supposed to do? I'll tell you what. Here's my solution to all of this. Cops, stop responding to any call. I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I just, just don't do it. In these cities where these things are happening, stop responding. The people have said they don't want you there, so don't show up. Enough. If the people are riding saying no cops, then no cops. There you go. Democracy. Wait, we've spoken, right? We'll see how long that lasts. The riding made no sense. None. Now in Italy, in Spain, these people are saying you've destroyed our economy. You've destroyed all our lives and they're rioting. I still believe the rioting is I'm not a fan of it. I think that if every person went out and just opened their businesses all at once, that's it over lockdown done. No need for violence, no conflict. You just do it. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying violence is not the answer. It typically makes you look worse. They say and this too, look at this. Witnesses at a number of luxury stores, including Gucci, were ransacked as crowds took to the streets. Why? If this was really about just the lockdown, why are you looting Gucci? I'm sorry. I don't buy it. They do the same thing in Chicago. They're like Black Lives Matter. And then they all, you know, fire guns into a Gucci store to try and steal stuff. Nah, sorry, man. These are opportunists. That's why violence doesn't work. The opportunists come out and you look crazy. But if everybody just did a sit in or, or opened their businesses and ignored the lockdowns, there would be no lockdown. It's an issue of what people can and are willing to do. The city's mayor today berated the violent protesters who she said had polluted a demonstration by bar and restaurant owners who are facing another economic slump. That's probably true. In Milan, at least 28 people were arrested after protesters threw Molotov cocktails at police in the capital of Lombardy, the original epicenter of the virus in Italy, which is now seeing a resurgence of cases. Not a fan. Molotov cocktails are brutal, dude. I'm not I I totally disagree with this. Meanwhile, in Barcelona, demonstrators set rubbish bins on fire in the streets before riot police intervened to bring the chaos to an end. 
The demonstrations came just one demonstrations. They always do this. These are riots, too. Okay, the riots came just one day after Spain declared a second nationwide state of emergency covering all regions except the Canary Islands. The new state of emergency will initially last for 15 days, but the government plans to ask parliament for a six month extension, meaning the restrictions, which include a 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew, could be enforced until early May 2021. I'm not convinced convinced masks are going away. They're saying that we have to wear masks into 2021 and maybe 2022. This is going to get bad. And so there's a reason why I highlight these things together. Chris Cuomo violated quarantine. He broke quarantine while he was sick, went to the Hamptons, and we all know it. Even the New York Times staffers have pointed this out, that uh, this, that CNN is eliding the controversy, trying to pretend like it didn't happen. Tim Murdoch says, you did this. And Chris Cuomo goes, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Nope. Nope. Wrong. No, no, you did because you're a bad person because you don't actually care about this. But you would say, Chris Cuomo, that Trump isn't doing enough or that Trump is wrong. Okay, I'll be honest. Most of what Chris Cuomo and Tim Murtaugh were arguing about was just an emotional my side versus your side. And I'll admit it. I'm critical of Chris Cuomo and CNN for what they did. This Q-tip thing and Andrew Cuomo not being called out. Yep. Yeah, not a good thing. So it feels good emotionally. I don't think it's going to change anybody's minds. You know, it's just entertainment TV. But we I, I think at this point we have to we have to listen to the scientists. We have to listen to the scientists at the World Health Organization. Yeah, we must avoid a lockdown at all costs. So what should Trump do? Well, Trump has been calling for reopening. We have to reopen. The cure cannot be worse. And he is correct. Look at what's happening in Europe. The economy completely destroyed in many places. Now they're having mass riots across the, the continent. Sweden, on the other hand, never locked down and they're doing better than ever. So how do we justify that? Sweden's doing fantastic, but the media in this country wants to say that Trump did everything wrong. They simultaneously want to blame Trump for the economy, even though Trump didn't lock things down, but then demand he do more on COVID. So which is it? Is he he's responsible for only the bad things and none of the good things? That's exactly it. That's my problem with how the media has handled this. And here's what I fear. What's going to happen is that with the media only allowing conversations in one direction, Trump is wrong, lockdown's good. But by only allowing this one directional conversation, then we can only go towards an authoritarian system. There will only be more lockdowns, more restrictions. And I fear that we're a month off from seeing things like this. Now, to be honest, we're already seeing mass riots anyway. So it's not like it could potentially get worse. And I don't expect conservatives to be going out and rioting. People have found their reason to riot and they're going to do it. I don't think it really matters if things get uh, get worse or not in terms of people changing their motivation. But I'll tell you this. If the lockdowns continue, if they re if they if they push for them again, and they probably will, we'll see what happens after the election. Then I think the riots will get substantially worse on top of that. The election is coming up seven days. Well, Donald Trump has tweeted something like after the, the fourth, you'll see. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because I'll put it this way. We had something really bad happen earlier this year. Like the, the spike was crazy. We can see the numbers like this is this is abnormal death. OK, it's above like these are deaths that no, don't normally appear in the year. We know COVID is very serious, but it seems like we reached a point where things have started to stabilize and the deaths and the cases are going way down. Even the flu is way down. Now, when we reopen, people are going to get sick no matter what we do. I say we take a cue from Sweden. 
What's that, leftists? You like Sweden's healthcare system? Well, let's be like Sweden. And that means we protect the elderly. We protect the vulnerable. We do restricted access for the time being, and we allow people to get back to work until we develop herd immunity. Now, what have we heard from the left? That means people will die. We always knew people were going to die. It's horrifying. It's tragic. But more people will die. Do we shut down the world, our country, because some people are going to die? The cure cannot be worse than the disease itself. My fear, if we lock everything down to save a few lives, we cause mass untold suffering, which could result in more death in other areas. And that's the unknown. That is what we, we, we have to make a change. We have to. Well, things are slowly starting to reopen, at least in the United States. In many areas, restrictions have been lifted, you know, particularly where we're at. And so it's a good thing. But there are, there are concerns now that the second wave is coming. And they're lining up for another wave of lockdowns. I'll give you my prediction. After November 4th, I think Trump, I think Trump is right. After November 4th, we'll see the data, we'll see the spike, but then they'll say, you know what? We can't do any more lockdowns. We can't do the lockdowns. We have to reopen. It was a bad idea. The media is going to do a 180 if Trump loses. Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do if Trump loses, to be completely honest. Who are they going to complain about? Trump will just be a guy. Some have said they'll just go into intersectionality and start pushing all of the stuff. They'll start doing truth and reconciliation commissions. They'll start naming people and attacking people and stripping people of their, their, their ability to function in society and all that stuff. Yep. Maybe. It was Robert Reich who said he, that we need a truth and reconciliation commission after this to name all of essentially the collaborators, the politicians, the moguls, the people who helped Trump. What does that mean? In my opinion, you are going to see cancel culture on steroids. You are going to see cancel culture like you have never seen before. And they're going to be smart about it. They're going to purge the, the people like me who would dare challenge their machine. That's what they're gearing up for. They're going to have truth and reconciliation. And they're going to say, these people are the problem. These are the bigots. Cancel them. Don't let them work. And it, it won't be a gulag or anything like that. You know, not pound of rocks. Just excising people from functioning society because they've already done it. Say to the Proud Boys who, you know, their founder can't get Uber. He's banned from like basically everything, banned from everything. It's already happening. We've seen Trump uh, uh, personalities, people like Milo, people like Alex Jones, people like Paul Joseph Watson, Laura Loomer have been banned from all of the mainstream uh, uh, technology companies, even even some banks, PayPal, for instance. That's what they have in store for the rest of us who don't conform to their way of thinking. They control Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, PayPal, etc. They control the digital technology and they'll just start banning people. What you need to understand is these high profile removals are not the majority. Most people who get banned are smaller accounts that support Trump. They're already doing it, removing you from the likes of Twitter so you can't engage in the conversation. You can't, they're banning people from Facebook. It is the smaller accounts that get removed first. And they've been getting banned for a long time, but they have no means to tell people they're getting banned because they only had a few hundred followers to begin with. I've met so many people who say that they have no idea why they were permanently banned, but they were. It's because you're Trump supporters. 
It's because you're defying the establishment, the cultural establishment. And I think it's funny that all Republicans are cheering for Amy Coney Barrett right now as if that matters. What, they're they're going to they're going to uh, Democrats win the Supreme Court. They, they just pack the court. They stuff it full of sycophants. And then it's going to be seven to six liberal progressive majority. I don't want to say liberal. It'd be progressive majority. And then all of a sudden your borders are gone. Then all of a sudden, you know, it just falls apart. They 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 pack the courts. They rule in their favor for everything. No borders. They start implementing massive tax hikes. They start implementing, uh, you know, widespread government programs that benefit people who don't work and contribute to that system. They engage in deficit spending for health care. And then things start to get worse for everyone. And that's what's going to happen. I don't, well, I shouldn't say I know exactly what's going to happen, but they'll pack the courts and that's their first step. So who cares if Trump's got ACB on the court? Congratulations. You're two steps behind where they're at because they control the cultural institutions. And that's it. That's what CNN is. Now, I know CNN's ratings aren't that high. Uh, Tucker Carlson's ratings are way higher. But Chris Cuomo, I think, was getting millions. So he's still got his influence. And then Rachel Maddow, you combine Rachel Maddow with Chris Cuomo, and I'm pretty sure they're beating Fox News. Not to mention ABC, NBC, CBS, etc. So this will is going to come down to the wire. Um, we're seven days out. Seven days to election day, and we're not going to know because I believe Ohio and Pennsylvania and several and several other swing states aren't going to have their results on election night. Whatever that means, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The Trump campaign is pulling ads from Florida. Why would they do that? Apparently, they're putting money into Minnesota. Well, that makes no sense. Trump could never win Minnesota, and he desperately needs to win Florida if he wants to win this presidency. I mean, what logical reason would anyone have to make moves like this? Let me ask our friend Josh Kroshar, who said, this makes no sense unless you're out of cash. Trump campaign spending on Minnesota, but pulling out of Florida. Trump must be so dumb. Unless he thinks he's already won Florida, and now he's going in to finish off the race in Minnesota. Minnesota's supposed to be blue, they say. Donald Trump might actually win it. If he's taking his money out of Florida, he must be confident he's going to win in Florida, right? Maybe. Here's the story from Bloomberg, and then I'll show you the data. They say, President Donald Trump's campaign has all but pulled its advertising out of Florida, as it stakes its relatively small bank account on the industrial northern states that carried him to victory in 2016. Since the beginning of the fall campaign on Labor Day, Trump has cut $24 million from his national ad budget, while former Vice President Joe Biden has added $197 million. Biden has outspent Trump three to one over that time. Trump is now placing his final bet on just four battleground states, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Polls show he's down in all those states, but Ohio, where it's effectively even. The president still has $350,000 budgeted to spend on ads in Florida through Election Day, but has canceled $5.5 million in the final two weeks of the campaign, according to data compiled from ad tracking firm Advertising Analytics. Perhaps Trump realizes he's done. It's all over. If that were the case, he wouldn't be spending money on states if he thought he was going to lose. He's going towards states like Minnesota. Why? The Iron Range, six of six mayors in Iron Range towns, Democrat stronghold, endorsed Donald Trump. 
Sounds like Trump thinks he's already won Florida and doesn't need to waste the money anymore. And let me tell you one really simple reason why that may be. There are a lot of people in Florida who come from Venezuela or from Cuba or from certain socialist South American countries, and they're not a fan of what they're seeing from the progressive left. Thus, they're going to start waving Trump banners. Well, look, far be it from me to tell you I am not the expert, but I have this bit of data. Now, I don't know what, what the deal is with this GitHub because it's joeisdone.github. So maybe they're biased, but this is supposedly just using raw early voting and mail-in voting statistics. When we look at all of the votes as they sit so far, we can see the Democrats are at 41.3% to 37.4% for Republicans. And the typical places you'd expect are blue and the typical places you'd expect are red. But there's something interesting about the data. A lot of people looking at this say, it's really good for Donald Trump. First, we can do something really fun. Let's do in-person voting only. In in-person voting, Trump is winning in Miami. <laughs> he's, he's, he's up in Miami. What? That's ridiculous. Well, when you do mail only, Democrats dominate everywhere. This is really good news for Trump. I'm sorry to say it, but it is. You even had Alyssa Milano and Eric Holder now saying, don't mail your votes. Don't mail them. That's right. Mail-in voting is broken. It's a shame these people didn't listen to what I have been saying for months now. Mail-in voting has a higher failure rate than in person. 2.2%, around 2 to 3%. They could save about 2% of the vote if they vote in person. And now you got Eric Holder and Alyssa Milano warning, you need to go do this. The mail-in vote means they may actually be losing a substantial portion of the vote because of the margin of error. If Republicans are going in person and Democrats are going by mail, it's bad news across the board for Democrats. Now, now, look, to be fair, by all votes right now, Democrats are in the lead. But what is this? What's the advantage relative to 2016? Who is performing better? Well, let's take a look at who has the advantage. And there it is. Donald Trump does in many, many districts, many areas that should be Democrat. Donald Trump has the advantage. Does it mean he's going to win? I don't know. But if Donald Trump is looking at this data and he's pulling his money out, I think Trump thinks he's already won Florida. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm interpreting the data wrong. Fine. I'm seeing people tweet about this saying, look at it. Trump already won. People are shocked. Why would he pull money out of Florida? He needs Florida and then put it in Minnesota. That's crazy. That mentality is operating under the idea, under the pretense that Trump is still fighting to win Florida. If Trump knew he won Florida, why would he waste the money? He'd go and try and win other states. Maybe Trump's right. Maybe he's wrong. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Donald Trump spent half the money, just a little bit more than half, Hillary Clinton in uh, 2016. Does he really need to spend as much? Maybe not. Maybe whatever it is that led to a Donald Trump victory is, is just worse in 2020 by, and, and, and it's not Trump's fault. Maybe cancel culture, critical race theory, maybe the far left expansion. It's look, when Trump got elected in 2016, we did not have an Ocasio-Cortez. We did not have AOC plus three or whatever. And now you do the squad. And how many people in a place like Florida are going to be like, I have seen this before. I know where this goes. Well, my friends, I have more data for you. It's all about the data. Investors Business Daily TIPP poll shows the race 
is tightening. Joe Biden is falling now at 50.7 to Trump's 46.3. Does it really matter, though? The poll's changing because the votes have already been cast. 60 million, maybe. I'm now seeing people I, I know are non-voters actually voting. It's weird. The sad thing about it is they just have no idea what they're talking about. I'm seeing a lot of generic things like, I should have been pay, paying attention. I can't believe I allowed this to happen. Trump is bad. And I'm like, please give me policy. Like, please explain to me what's bad. Because if you're just watching the news and watching TV and they're like, the orange man is bad, a harumph. And then you go and vote because of that. Ugh. Listen, I voted for Trump. I voted for the Republicans. And I voted for Trump because of the Middle Eastern peace deals and withdrawing our troops. What can I say? Joe Biden's not going to give us that. He's going to get us in more entanglements like he did in the past eight years before when he was VP. So no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to vote for that guy. Well, here's the news. Trump may be taking the lead. We'll see. Now, this is this is Biden's lose to rate. Uh, this is Biden's race to lose. And we can see that Trump is winning. Not that he's in the lead, but that he's gaining. He's winning this fight. He's going he's going up more and more and more. The latest Biden versus Trump poll suggests the race has become competitive with just one week to go. President Donald Trump's support has surpassed his 2016 share of the vote in the IBD TIPP presidential poll update, while Vice President Joe Biden appears to have lost ground among key groups. Today, Biden versus Trump poll update finds the Democratic challenger leading the Republican by 4.4 points. And I got to say, that's pretty within the margin of error. I want to show you this. I saw this on Facebook earlier. This was this was on my Facebook Joe Biden, a lot of pundits are in denial. They think this is going to be some sort of blowout. I'm here to tell you it's not. It's going to be very close, probably down to just a couple of points. Just look at some of these new polls. Michigan, Trump is up. Uh, uh, Trump is up one point. Arizona, Trump up four points. Florida, Trump is up two points. We need your financial support more than ever before. Please make a $25 contribution or more if you can. Every dollar drives up our votes so we can beat Trump and the GOP nationwide. Thank you for all your help and God bless. Now, does Joe Biden really think he's down in the polls? In my opinion, yes. The campaign has already said this. And I see some people, they give this hot take. LOL, this is his campaign's ad strategy in every swing state. It doesn't mean they think Trump is actually up one in Michigan. This take is really embarrassing. Do you, do you think with that brain of yours? Joe Biden, if he was leading in Michigan, would not need to be raising money to fight to win in Michigan. Perhaps he has a slight lead and he wants to maintain that lead. And so he's telling people he's losing because he wants them to donate to him. If Joe Biden gave false polling numbers to make money off people, that's called fraud. No, there are polls showing that Joe Biden is losing in these states. They don't say exactly what these polls are, to be fair. These could be post-debate polls. I don't know, but I will tell you this. Joe Biden's cam campaign came out a while ago saying these are inflated numbers. The polls are not this good. They're telling you the truth. There's no scheme. There's no conspiracy. They're not tricking you into giving up your money. They really are worried they could lose. And there are polls showing that Joe Biden is not going to have a blowout. So perhaps... The pundits are wrong. I said Joe Biden is correct. The pundits are wrong. This race is close and Biden is running ads warning people they could lose. Did I say Michigan was actually up one? No. But I think Trump knows. And I think both Trump and Biden have their internal polls, which are the polls they actually are using to win. Listen, listen, Joe and Trump are running. Now, I'm not convinced Joe is actually running, but sure, Trump is running. So his internal polls are probably more accurate. 
They probably have an idea of what's going on because they know who they're targeting and they know what their strategy is to win. The media, they're not, well, they're probably in it for Biden. So maybe they're giving us biased pro-Biden polls. I mean, the media, Washington Post, they, they endorsed Joe Biden. I think USA Today did. So yes, I think the media is going to give us their biased polls. And Joe Biden called them out for it. I think Donald Trump is pulling his ads in Florida because he thinks he already won. I don't know if he won Florida. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that Trump is making moves in the Iron Range, in the, in, in the Rust Belt, because he probably feels comfortable. The stuff I'm seeing from Trump supporters, they're comfortable in Florida. There are Latinos for Trump rallies happening in Miami. He's got the advantage and he knows it. He might lose. Maybe he's wrong. And maybe everybody's wrong. You know, what's funny is they say, you know, the, the, the polls and the pundits were all wrong in 2016. Yeah, maybe they underestimated how much people hate the establishment. I have no idea why they were wrong. And now if Trump is wrong, well, then there you go. Trump was wrong and he'll lose. But I think these 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 pundits and these people in media are just way too arrogant. We'll see. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all. Shortly. Amy Coney Barrett has been confirmed. She is on the Supreme Court and the left is furious. Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar immediately call to expand the court. And Nancy accuses the GOP of supreme desperation as Democrats go into meltdown over ACB's confirmation. Now, we've already heard from many people that Republicans think they're going to lose everything. They're going to lose the Senate. They're going to lose the presidency. The polls say it. Lightning will, will, will not strike twice. And thus, they had to do every, everything in their power to shove ACB onto that court because she's going to protect them for time for, for, for a long time to come. I'm not so convinced. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that the Republicans are going to lose everything or anything. I don't know. But it seems like some of these Republicans really feel that way. And they're like, get them through while we still can, because they're not going to remove the Supreme Court justices. But let me tell you, if that's true, and, I'm, and, I'm not, and I'll tell you why I'm not entirely convinced Republicans feel this way in the long run. Some, some have said things like this. But listen, if you think jamming through Amy Coney Barrett is, is, is going to do anything to help you, you are wrong. Now, maybe they're doing it to make sure they keep their promise to the Republicans and say, vote for us. We will get you constitutionalists on the court. Maybe that's their plan. I don't know. Maybe it'll just rile up Democrats. Maybe they're desperate. But I tell you this, if the Democrats take the Senate and they have the House and the presidency, they're going to pack the courts. They're, they've already been laying out, laying out all their arguments for why they should have more Supreme Court justices. And could you imagine if Joe Biden wins and adds four more justices to the Supreme Court, then it's a seven to six liberal majority. And there it is, the erosion of our norms and our system. It has been what, like 150 years where we've had nine justices. And I'll tell you what's already getting scary. I think I could be wrong about this, but it's been like 150 years since there's been a, a Supreme Court appoint, uh, appointee nominated or confirmed, I'm sorry, with no, with, with no one from the other party voting. So I think we actually had a defector. I'm not entirely sure. It was 52 to 48. I think one Republican defected. No Democrats voted for Amy Coney Barrett. It's bad. We can't function this way. I don't know what you're supposed to do, though. Should Mitch McConnell have just been like, I'm not going to uh, uh, confirm a Supreme Court nominee. We're not going to use our power in the majority. It's the Democrats that took that, that, that used that nuclear option, making a simple majority to, uh, to uh, uh, confirm the Supreme Court justices. Blame Harry Reid. But it's a tit for tat. 
we're not at a point where there's a, where there's a negotiation. You know, with Scalia and with Ginsburg, it was like near you. I think it was unanimous for for uh, Scalia. Now we're at a point where it's like, how dare you appoint this person? And both sides, like uh, Maisie Hirono actually said like, hell no, when it came to nominating. This is crazy. I don't know what you do, man. I don't. But now they're talking about basically dissolving uh, the Supreme Court. Here's the story. I say dissolving in, in an extreme sense, right? Expanding the court would fundamentally just change exactly what that court is and is supposed to be. And it won't be the same. It'll be them. So listen, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The Democrats will come in, they'll add four seats. Then it'll be four, two, four or six years. Republicans will come in and they'll, they'll add, you know, two more seats. Then it'll be eight to seven and the Democrats will add two more seats and then it'll be nine to eight and it'll just keep happening. And then we'll end up with a Supreme Court with a thousand, two thousand judges and it won't make sense anymore. It'll just be another legislative body. AOC and Ilan Omar say expand the court. And all the leftists are saying expand. That's the proper way to say it. Here's her tweet. Expand the court. Republicans do this because they don't believe Dems have the stones to play hardball like they do. And for a long time, they've been correct. But do not let them bully the public into thinking their bulldozing is normal. But a response isn't. There is a legal process for expansion. I'm sick of these people. You lost the election. There's no playing hardball. You lose. You lost in 20, what, in 2012, was it? When, when, uh, was it, uh, what, I can't remember when the, when the Republicans took the Senate. I think it was 2012. I'm not sure. That, uh, was it? Maybe it was 2014. Yeah, it was 2014, wasn't it? You lost. You lost the election. You did not give the American people what they wanted and they voted against you. You were in the minority. The Republicans won the Senate. Congratulations. Now they say, but in our cities, we're the majority. In California, in New York, that's not how the union works. So you lose the Senate. The Senate told Obama, no, we have the power and we will not give you what you want. You lost the election. This is procedure. It's normal. Now you're talking about changing the entire rules of the game because you lost. To be fair, if they win the Senate, they can change the rules of the game. But think about how funny it is that they're claiming it's the Republicans playing hardball when what the Republicans did was they held their elections. They won their elections and they said, because we've won as normal, we will not confirm, you know, we'll choose not to confirm your candidate because we're in the majority now. Then when it came to 2020 in the majority with a Republican president nominated and confirmed normal, they won the election. Changing the size of the court is it's cheating to gain power. And this is you want to talk about the end of democracy. If these people get in and, and pack the courts this is the erosion of our norms in our system. And it's going to keep happening because there will be a tit for tat no matter what it is. Nancy Pelosi said, President Trump and Senate Republicans have committed an act of supreme desperation, jamming through a Supreme Court nominee just eight days before Election Day as part of their years long campaign to destroy Americans health care. Just shut up. You lost and you lose because of this. I don't know what that's going to lead to. I don't know if the Republicans are going to win. We are a week out. I hope y'all are ready. Ilan Omar expand the court. She said, remember that Republicans have lost six of the last seven popular votes, but have appointed six of the last nine justices. By expanding the court, we fix this broken system and have the court better represent the values of the American people. No, you cheat. You're talking about cheating. You're talking about changing the rules because you are losing. We are not a rule by majority country. The Republicans in the Senate had a voting majority in the Senate, which is comprised of states sending two Senates 
two senators, to the federal government. They used to be appointed by the states, and that was changed. I guess what, in the 1920s? Probably a big mistake. Because now people don't care about their local elections. This country is based on, it's a constitutional republic that protects the minority from the majority. Just because California and New York have tons of people does not mean you have a right to dictate what smaller states can and should do and how they should vote. And California gets mad. But you know what's funny about it? California used to be like Wyoming, a big, open, empty state. And they were voting Republican up to what, like the 90s? But then they had a big influx of people. Many people started to change their ideology and change their views. And now, now that they have a lot of people, they want more power. And now their sycophants say, it's a broken system. It was designed this way on purpose. Perhaps these people didn't take civics to understand why we designed the system the way we did. I, I ask you, why does it make sense that California would have a massive, massive voting power over other smaller states? It doesn't. And they say, but we're one country. We're a country of 50 different states that agreed to join the union if certain conditions are met and their rights are protected. And still, Wyoming has one congressman, one congressperson, one to California's what, 55 or something? 55. And New York also with a massive number. The smaller states joined because they want they, they were going to have their rights protected and would get to vote because it's for the common defense for one of the things they do to guarantee the rights of their citizens. And that meant a state like Wyoming, which has, I think, like a population of 550,000, would have certain guarantees. Now, the founding fathers argued about this. Should we have two senators per state? That's not fair. We got more people in our state. OK, well, then how about we have just rep- proportional representation? That's not fair because we're a small state. You're going to vote over us. Got it. The upper house and the lower house, everybody gets two senators, your state appoints them and congressional representation to provide balance. It makes sense. It makes tremendous sense. And the Electoral College comes from that to make sure if, if look, if we do what they want to do, if we break the system because it doesn't work because of the minority rule, if we pack the courts, what we're saying to smaller states is you will never win a vote again and you will never matter And the only thing then is power. And I'll tell you this already. We have a very serious problem, a loophole in the system. Did you know that non-citizens count towards the electoral vote? That's right. In California, though, they may not vote. They still get a representative. Trump was trying to change this. He wanted people, only citizens to get representatives. Supreme Court said no. So here's what happens. Let's say you get a district in California with uh, 700,000 people and 50,000 non-citizens. Those 50,000 non-citizens get a representative. That representative then has voting power. So if California has 750,000 non-citizens in their state, they get an extra electoral college vote. How about that? I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I think it was the Heritage Foundation that said this, this could be like one or two total electoral college votes based on the current numbers, and it's a conservative organization, that Democrats are getting an advantage of like one or two electoral college votes by non-citizens. The electoral college allows power to derive from non-citizens in this country. And that is, in effect, in my opinion, a loophole. So there are problems. But I tell you this, I've heard from friends, if Trump wins, oh, it's the end of democracy. 
They're they're the ones talking about changing the system. The Republicans are just doing what was by the book. The Democrats are going to are going to expand the courts. That's literally changing the system and breaking it down. They've already crossed the line. And I'm sorry, the democracy has already been breaking. I don't think there's anything we can do to stop it, to be honest. And maybe that's pessimistic. Maybe we need the Republicans and the constitutionalists to just win. I'm not a fan of Republicans. Never been. I don't know what's going to happen. But this is not the way to do it. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Never has there been a better example of some people just want to watch the world burn than this story from Fox News. Boston man arrested in connection to ballot drop box fire investigated by FBI. 39 year old Worldy Armand will be charged with willful and malicious burning. This is in Boston. And we have this story. A California ballot drop box was set ablaze. Authorities are now investigating the incident as a suspected arson attack. Two different stories, each on the other side of the country, of people burning ballot boxes and destroying ballots. Why? I don't know. Seems like they just want to watch the world burn. California and Boston. I can only assume these are blue areas, but people who live here are probably Democrats. So why would they do it? Well, here's a story from Fox News. Boston police and the FBI announced Monday that they have arrested the man spotted on surveillance footage, allegedly igniting a fire inside a ballot drop off box outside the main campus of the Boston Public Library over the weekend. The FBI joined the investigation Sunday after the Massachusetts Secretary of State's office made them aware of the overnight attempted arson attack that happened at approximately 4 a.m. outside the Boston Public Library main branch in Copley Square. The police department released two photos taken from surveillance video, allegedly showing the suspect igniting the fire. Armand was initially taken into custody at about 10.50 p.m. on Sunday when officers out on patrol in the area of Copley Square observed a male matching the description of the suspect wanted in connection to the ballot fire. Police said officers approached the individual and eventually obtained his identity. He had an active straight warrant out of Ipswich District Court for receiving stolen property. Following an investigation, members of the fire investigation unit were able to identify Armand as the suspect in the ballot fire, a ballot box fire incident, according to the police statement. Now, I tell you what, this is important because I think this is going to show Republicans have a serious advantage. Now, these are just two stories. Not going to act like these two stories are indicative of a widespread arson wave across the country. But Republicans are voting in person. They're not voting by mail drop off or by by mail vote. They're not dropping them off. They're not putting them in the mail. They're showing up in person. And this is a major Republican advantage. Let's check out what happened with this story and then we'll, we'll carry on. This is from the Washington Post on October 20th. Outside of a public library in Baldwin Park, the smoke streaming from the in- intentional fire set inside an official ballot collection box made the deposit slot look like a chimney. Firefighters first tried to pry the sides of the metal container open with a crowbar and an axe. After a few minutes, they pulled out a saw and began cutting through the frame. As a sheet of metal finally fell away from the box, a thick cloud of smoke billowed out. We're going to save as many ballots as we can, a firefighter said in a live stream of an incident posted at Facebook Sunday night. I'm sorry. No. All of those ballots are voided. The box has been tampered with, period. It was cut open. And now I do not believe any of these ballots should be counted. Sorry. What do we do? Someone could start a fire. People could run up and be like, don't worry, we're the fire department. Cut open the box. Don't worry, we're saving the ballots and then drop a bunch of fake ones. These were in the box. We swear. Look, they got smoke on them. Sorry. The box has been tampered with and therefore the ballots are void. 
Here's here, here's what could you risk. Ha- here's what here's what we risk happening. People are then going to say later on, look at these instances where ballots were counted after there was tampering of a ballot box. I don't care for what the reason was. We don't know who did what. Now, I know, I know if someone has fake ballots, they can just put them in the box. But maybe there's surveillance footage, which there is, of these ballot boxes, in which case they would see a person dumping a ton of ballots into that box. This allows them cover. Oh, there's smoke everywhere. Here are the ballots. Now, I suppose people can then go look through the footage and say, look, only 50 people came, but there's 70 ballots. I don't know. The point is tampering opens the door. We're going, uh, an unknown person dropped a flaming piece of newspaper into the ballot box outside LA public area library on 8 PM. LA County firefighters cut open the box and put the flames out, but dozens of cast ballots had already been damaged either by the fire or the attempts to put it out. The city's mayor estimated as many as 100 ballots had been affected by the vandalism. After they quelled the flames, firefighters gathered the damaged ballots and delivered them to the, to the Los Angeles County Registrar's office. County officials said voters who think their ballot may have been compromised can call the registrar to find out if their ballot has been received. An L.A. County official told uh, KCAL of all the damaged ballots that have been accounted for and affected, voters would receive replacement ballots in the mail. Election officials asked local police, the FBI and the attorney general to investigate the incident as suspected arson. The arson of an official ballot drop box by the Baldwin Park Library in the first district has all the signs of an attempt to disenfranchise voters and call into question the security of our elections, which it has done. I can't believe it, man. We, we knew we were going to see problems. Trump has been warning about it, though he's been saying fraud over and over again. Now, thanks to Veritas, we have some hard evidence there is fraud and, there, and we have evidence before for sure. I've been warning over and over again. There will be impropriety. But did these people listen? No, they didn't. And now they will reap what they have sown. For all of these people in media who are gloating and laughing, mail-in voting is fine. Now Twitter is blocking even Eric Holder. No, mail-in voting is safe. And the Democrats are frantic. No, what have we done? Stop, stop telling them this. We realized our mistake way too late. And now ballots are being destroyed, thrown in dumpsters. We just saw another 100 100 absentee ballots thrown in a dumpster by a postal worker. They're being found in ditches. Why? We don't know. Does it matter? It's happening. You have broken the chain of custody. We used to know where the ballots came from, where they were going. People would go in, they would vote. The ballots would then go in a box. We'd say, here's the box. It's sealed. It's not been opened. And you had poll watchers and people watching to see where the ballots were going. Now, there's ballots just all over the place. It is going to be bedlam. And it was the Democrats who did this. The Republicans rejected the mail-in voting scheme. And now all of this, even the putting the mail in the boxes is the fault of the Democrats. So don't come to me and tell me the Republicans are the ones who have done it. I tell you this right now, man. I often talk about not caring about the Republicans. Like, what do they do? Right now, there's a COVID relief bill. It's being held up by Nancy Pelosi. Even CNN has acknowledged that Republicans are doing everything to get it through and that the Democrats are refusing to take yes for an answer. The Republicans have repeatedly said mail-in voting will create problems. And the Democrats said, you're fake news. You're lying. And their allies in media just parroted like morons everything they've said. The Democrats have changed the rules to such a degree that they are destabilizing our country. And they might actually win because of it. And how many votes will be disenfranchised? You know what? People are going to vote for them. That's funny, isn't it? They're going to vote for their own destruction. And the left is saying the exact same thing about Donald Trump. And it's just meaningless. 
Donald Trump and the Republicans have made moves based on the rules they are allowed. And you can complain about it all day and night. But they won. That's the result of winning elections. Now people who have no idea what they're talking about are, are going to vote. It's going to prop up Democrats who will continue to erode and destroy this country. How many Democrats and Republicans? I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm an equal opportunity complainer. Hey, we're selling out our country and our manufacturing overseas for decades. And the only reason it's changing now is because Trump got in and there are other right wing populists who are getting in. The left wing populists are all on board with all these games that destroy everything. They want to destroy the country. You've got left wing populists that want to abolish the Constitution, destroy the country, and they're cheering for it. They're probably happy. There's already lawsuits underway. Good. Delegitimize and destabilize. And they say Trump is doing it. Trump is is questioning the validity of our elections. Trump didn't change the rules. It's imagine you're playing Monopoly and someone starts grabbing money out of the bank and like putting it in their, in, on their side. And, like, and you're like, hey, hey, they're taking money. Stop complaining. You're question, You're challenging the integrity of the game, Tim. Don't accuse them of cheating. But we're watching them cheat. They're literally cheating. And I run the risk of getting banned because of it. And now we, can, we it's, you know, ballot box is being set on fire, huh? How about that? The reason why this one's a problem is because we already have an error rate with mail-in voting. So people started saying, drop your mail-in ballot off in person. That's what I did. I, I, I got a mail-in ballot because New Jersey mandated it. And then I went and dropped it in a box. And now I don't even know if that, if that vote is safe because of things like this. Advantage Republicans. And it was the Republicans who warned about it. So whose fault is it really? You know, the Democrats have done it. And I'm really worried if they're in their tantrum and rage, they end up winning. They will tear this country to pieces. It is their fault this happened. It's their fault there's no COVID relief. To be honest, to be fair, Mitch McConnell did adjourn the Senate saying no relief. We're not coming back until the ninth. So fine. You know, they're not perfect. And I don't like them either. I don't like Mitch McConnell. I don't like Lindsey Graham. Get them out. Vote them all out. I want all of them gone. You know, if I if, if I could vote in a way that I get like if, if I'll tell you what, I'll put it this way. My vote is this. Rand Paul can stay. Uh, uh, you know, we'll keep Tulsi Gabbard. Ro Khanna, not a big, big fan, but has done some pretty good things. Ro, you're, you're, you're pretty good. I think Ro Khanna should stay. He's called out Pelosi. There's some principle behind there. I'm not a big fan of the intersectionality stuff, but I think it's fair to at least have some of these people, you know, who would be, you know, challenging the system. And, uh, uh, Thomas Massey, I say Massey, Rand Paul Massey, uh, Holly, you're okay. Uh, Ted Cruz actually doing all right. As for the rest of them, there's probably a few I could have named, but I just get rid of all of them. Every single one. Oof. In four, in 2024, there won't be Trump anymore. So, so like, look, here's what I think. I think if the Democrats get in, they're going to burn everything to the ground. And I think our best bet right now is that Trump wins in 2024. His time will come. You know, he'll, he'll be out his service terms and then we'll, we'll vote for a cleaner, more charismatic populist. But if the establishment gets back in, they're going to tear this country to shreds, to shreds, I say. And we're already seeing the problems of it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.